0: Happy Monday, February 13th. We are in Mark chapter 2 today in Proverbs chapter 13.
1: This is Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott, and we're really glad that you're joining us. We're in a new book. I trust that you started it yesterday. would have been right. Mark chapter 1 yesterday on Sunday. Yeah. So if you haven't read Mark chapter 1, man, you don't want to jump right in chapter 2, right? Why don't you go back and read chapter 1 real quick and and then listen to the podcast when you're done with that. So let's get That's into right. chapter two, verse one.
0: Mark chapter two, verse one. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed that visitors that, with visitors that there was no room even outside the door while he was preaching God's word to them. We believe that he would have been at Peter's house. Yeah, during this time. we believe so. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on the, on this mat right down in front of Jesus. Just imagine that scene. There's Jesus he's teaching, and all of a sudden this guy just
1: comes being lowered from the ceiling. It would have been a ridiculous scene. Yeah, and of course it was thatch roofs. And so it was certainly, it wasn't that all all that difficult for them to be able to do this, but it does show how intent they were. They knew that Jesus could do something about this and how intent they were about getting their friend. Right. And there's
0: a dangling paralyzed man just dangling above Jesus. Verse five, it says, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Now that is a massive statement right there because the man is paralyzed.
1: They want the man to be healed. Which is what brings up all the problems coming up here because by... Saying your sins are forgiven, he's only God can forgive sins. And, he, right. and Jesus knows that all of the Jews believe this. It's right. something that they commonly said, only God can forgive sins. But you sins. think about what
0: Jesus is saying here. This man's biggest problem wasn't that he was paralyzed. Yeah. It was that he's a sinner. But some of the teachers of the religious law were sitting there and thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? So I'll prove to you that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, go home. The man jumped up, grabbed his mat, walked out through the stunned onlookers they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before.
1: And you have to take a look at what actually happened here because you talk about a complete healing. I mean, this is a man whose muscles were all atrophied. He couldn't move around. He, he hadn't moved in years. He was lame, and so... There was nothing left as far as strength in his body, in his legs. Yeah. And yet, not only did he get up and walk, I mean, I know what happens to me when I've been sitting in a chair for a little too long, <laughs> that time stiff getting right. up. Yeah. Can you imagine having been lame for years? Yeah. And and this is instant healing, and it just flies in the face of so many of the, you know, I, I believe that God can heal anytime that he wants to. He is fully capable and that he does heal. But there's a lot of fakery going on out there, and so often... When somebody, you know, we want to heal things like headaches and backaches that nothing could ever be proven. The miracles in Scripture, when Jesus healed someone, it was so obvious and so so verifiable. It was something in front of everybody else that you could never fake. Yeah. And so I do tend to be skeptical of anything that's not obvious and verifiable. Right. Jesus healed, and man, it was, there was no doubting it.
0: Yeah, we think of an atrophied man didn't just, like, climb up. It says he jumped up.
1: Yeah, it was instant, and it was complete. Then Jesus went out to the lake shore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple. And Jesus said to him, so Levi got up and followed him. Now, <laughs> that which just immediate. And when, when Levi gave up his tax collector's booth, I mean, this would have incurred the wrath of Rome because he worked for Rome. This has been leaving a very lucrative business behind instantly and just following after Jesus. That was a major decision that he was making. Verse 15 then, later Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. I mean, he's got this party with all these people that were outcasts that nobody else would have, none of the good Jews would have anything to do with. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. So it says, okay, these outcasts, they were among Jesus' followers. That might be part of the reason why the Pharisees would have looked down upon him. He He wasn't coming into their status and being acceptable in the way they thought he should be. But Jesus is teaching some great lessons in all of this that he was willing to love everyone. He want, In fact, he came for those who were sinners. In fact, we'll get to that now in just a little bit where he actually says that to these Pharisees. Verse 16, But when the teachers of religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with such scum? And when Jesus heard this, he told them, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. And notice Junior here, Key here is that I didn't come to those who think they are righteous because the Pharisees thought they were righteous. He was able to help yeah. those who knew that they were sinners. And that's the first, that coming to terms with our own sinfulness and our lack of a relationship with God is the first step in being able to receive Christ and to have a relationship well, with God. I've seen
0: people kind of misunderstand this where you know, Jesus says, healthy people don't need a doctor. You know, I have not come to call those Who are righteous is what it says in some translations. Some people think, oh, so Jesus is saying they're righteous. It's not what he's saying. He's saying, I'm not here for those who think they're righteous. Because if you think you're righteous, if you think you know it,
1: you don't. And you're not going to come to me. Verse 18 Once, when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, Why don't you and your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? Which, by the way, how did they know that they were fasting? They were making it obvious that they were fasting. And, of course, Jesus' teaching was that even when we do fast, we shouldn't let anybody know about it and just go on with our our days and and act normal. But Jesus replied in verse 19, Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them, but someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. And that is something that we as Christians, we talked about this when we were going through Matthew, about the the fasting is, is something, it's a Christian discipline that we should practice, And I would encourage you, we don't, in a daily Bible reading like this, we don't have time to explain it completely, but I would encourage you to look into fasting and practice it yourself. Verse 21, besides, who would put a a, a patch of old clothing on new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wine skins, and these these are a couple of things that would be, would have been understood in the first century because he was using everyday terminology or illustrations that they that he was attaching to a spiritual truth. And he was saying it: something new has happened. The Messiah is here. Something altogether different than what the Pharisees and even John, John, John's disciples, that is, and even what they were what they were fasting for. Something altogether different is happening now. Verse twenty three. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? You know, we talked about this in Matthew,
0: because we talked about this very story in Matthew. That This was very common. You could walk along. This wasn't illegal to break the heads off Mm -hmm. of the grain, but this is just something that you could do to... uh, put food in your
1: stomach as you're walking. In, in fact, much. landowners, farmers were required by law to leave enough for people who were traveling to be able to take it as they walked along. Yeah. So this was a common everyday practice. The problem that they had with Jesus doing this or his disciples doing this was that it was on the Sabbath when they were doing it. And so they said, "Ah, oh, they're working, it's harvesting. Verse 25, Jesus said to them, haven't you read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days of Abiathar, the high priest, and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. And then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Brilliant statement. Yeah. You're getting the Sabbath all wrong. It's supposed to be actually, a blessing,
0: not a actually, curse. Actually, like in the ESV, it better. It says the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Sabbath is something for us to enjoy. Sabbath isn't here for, as, a, as a
1: cage, really,
0: for, for us.
1: Verse 28, then. So the Son of Man is Lord, even over the Sabbath. Jesus is Lord over all. Yeah. All right, let's get into Proverbs, then.
0: Proverbs 13 is the corresponding chapter for today. I want to point out verse 7. It says, Some who are poor pretend to be rich. Others who are rich pretend to be poor. Boy, true? You see that so much today, especially if you've read the book. Uh, I think is it called Millionaire Next Door? Yeah, this was
1: back in the back in the late nineties. I think uh, it was a whole series of books, The Millionaire Next Door. Yeah, and it was fascinating that it's usually the people who who drive old cars and who just live in regular houses and don't try to impress people with their clothing that are the millionaires. Yeah. the
0: people who are in great debt are usually the ones sporting around all the
1: brands that that everybody wants to wear. Mm-hmm. So this is so true. Very true principle. And uh, in fact, the way to become financially stable is to not try to look like you're rich. That's right. In fact, you think about the pride behind that. It's the humility to just be yourself and to work hard and go after life. And God blesses that. Yep. Well,
0: make it a good day, and we will see you tomorrow on Tuesday for Mark chapter 3.